Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio Nation. It is Friday. You are tuned into page one and from Chicago, a pretty chilly Chicago. I am LeVar. Hope that you all are having a great week. Hope that you are beginning your weekend wherever you are, or if you are going to be getting in a few hours, I guess. Hope that you have a great one. Actually, it's pretty nice in some portions of the nation, of course, not as nice, but uh I hope that you all are hanging on, and as always, out from the West Coast, I am joined by Mary. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. Uh, Today is actually National Donut Day. Um, For you Homer Simpsons out there. Donuts. Yes, donuts. Uh, I actually think my favorite donut would probably be Glazed. I can go with that one. Love my chocolate. <laughs> Love my chocolate, but if we, if I could find a good glazed donut, or at least a good sour cream donut, oh. Yes. There you go. See, I was waiting for that. I was, oh, come on, glazed. Yeah. That's that's normal. Sour well, no, cream no. Donut. Some people have done some amazing things with glazed lately. It's a you know like a, a Krispy Kreme glaze. Now that's what I'm talking. About. <laughs> oh, Krispy Kreme glaze is a heart attack waiting to happen. I don't know what you're talking about. That is a sugar rush followed by a sugar crash that puts you into the ground. Yeah. But that's some good donuts right there. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a, but I'm an old fashioned. I like the sour cream and an old fashioned. Those like curlers. Oh. I'm drooling right now. Actually, uh, I feel very much like <laughs> like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, but no, it's national. I wonder who comes up with these uh, days, National Donut Day, or you know, I don't. Who knows? Who knows? Somebody but, has but, to. But do you, I mean, I've got some suggestions sit- for days, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling. I think I know what days, and I think there probably already are days like that. But I have to do my research. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are. I think there are. I have to check. But a um, couple of reminders just to get some housekeeping out of the way. Of course, you can catch us as always on Twitter at News Comet BTR. You can catch Mary over at Lou Eyes Mama. Uh, of course, you always our fan page on the web at News forward slash fan page. And then, of course, if you have not heard, you can join me this Sunday, June the 9th, for the 401 Lounge. My guest at that time will be. Teen Mom herself, Farah Abraham, which will um, be an interesting interview. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm glad I'm not part of it. 
I'd be, I'd be the one on the soapbox. <laughs> no, but I, I'm actually I'm looking I'm looking forward to this interview. Um, it's uh, if you only know behind the scenes what it takes to get some of these interviews, but uh, I'm looking forward to this interview. I, I'm hoping that it's. Um, you know, going to be a great interview. It's only 30 minutes, so I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> i got a lot to get through. So um, hopefully hopefully we'll get through them all. Hopefully we'll get through the ones that each and every one of you have. So, um, yeah. So be tuned for that on Sunday, 5 o'clock Central, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be talking about it more on our uh, Twitter page. But on to some business because we have not uh, – we've been here sporadically over the last couple of weeks. And one of the stories that kind of came up that I talked with Mary about was actually a story from a few weeks ago, and I want to do update this before I even go into the story. Uh, The person involved has since apologized uh, for his comments, but they kind of touched off a little something, and this was from the words of Paul Tudor Jones, who is a super rich hedge funder. He was at a panel at the University of Virginia, And he told the audience that one of the major reasons there are so few successful women traders is because bonding with a kid is, quote, a killer to their ambition. And he later apologized, as I said, for the -the off-the-cuff remarks. And the incendiary comments came in response to a question about why there were only, quote, rich, middle-aged white men on the panel. And he says... um, They said, as soon as that baby's lips touch that girl's bosom, forget it, he said, motioning to his own chest. Uh, Jones was talking about two women who worked at the same stock brokerage firm as he did in the late 1970s. Both got married, had children, and according to his account, no longer had the laser focus needed for the intense world of macro trading. But keep in mind, the irony to this whole story is that Jones himself, Jones himself has daughters. And so, as we said, he's issued an apology about these remarks, and he said, quote, that much of my adult life has been spent fighting for equal opportunity and the idea that I would support limiting opportunity for any segment of society, particularly women, is, you know, not who he is, and uh, according to what he has spoken to. But you initially read the first article in his words, is there some truth to it, or is there a lot of garbage to what he's saying? I I can't say yes and I can't say no, unfortunately. Um, yes, there is some truth to it. I mean, you do have to – women do change focus when they have kids. I, I At least I hope they do. Let's Let's back that up. Some women change focus when they have children, just like some men change focus when they have children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's across the board that anyone that has a child, somebody sometimes can change their focus onto what's the most important to them. So, yes, it is a possibility that in the 70s, when those women had their children, they went from, I'm going to just rip your throat out and do what I have to do to make the buck, to I have this little one that I have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder, I think, from my point of view. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to keep this very personal. From my point of view, being a single mom, because I don't have the kind of support system that a two-parent household has. 
I can't mm-hmm. be as I, a lot of my decisions have to come with that price tag. Do I change my lifestyle and my child and then now pay somebody else to help me raise them? Or do I take responsibility for what I've done, which is bring a child into the world? Mm-hmm. I choose to be responsible. Other people choose to have somebody else to, to raise their children. That's uh, where the difference comes in. I'm kind of with you on this. I'm kind of on the fence because there is two schools to this, and I think that even in his remarks he forgot. No matter if you, and this is no knock against dads, even if you are the greatest dad, the strongest bond is always going to be between a mother and her child. And I think that any woman out there, and I would be shocked if anyone says different, that if it came between your career and your child, you are going to choose your child first. And so I think for me, moms are kind of putting an unfair light because they made that choice. You know, it's kind of like, to me, you didn't really have a choice. You know, you're doing for your child first. So I was like, so to put mothers in that unfair thing of, well, they're not going to be successful because they have to do it. Well, it's not that they had a choice. It's kind of like, well, once I had a child, my priorities went there. You know, it's a little bit easier for guys to come out and pretty much say that and not have to think about it. But if he were, say, you know, a single dad, I think his comments probably would have been a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's and not. that's the other thing. You can't say that a woman can't be successful and high-ranking yeah. and do the things that they need to do to get ahead in the business world and be mm-hmm. that CEO or to be that head honcho or to be – because there are very strong, very focused, very successful women that have children. So mm-hmm. that's a mother can't is saying a mother can't be as successful is a bunch of hooey. That's like saying a father can't be as successful. The difference yeah. is the relationships between your career, your life, and your child's life, and yeah. what those three things mixed together in the pot determine. It also deter. It's also you know when you decide to have kids too. If I decided to have kids at the age of you know the the ripe young age of 16, then by the time I'm 35, I can really focus on my career because my child is already probably in college, you know. So that's our and But if I wait until I have children until I'm 40, maybe I spent the first 30 years of my life, or my, well, it's not even 30, 25 years of my career you know, focusing on my career and becoming successful so that I could have mm-hmm. children and then kind of set back. It just depends on timing, too. And you can do yeah. that on the guy's side, too. I mean, men are the same way. They just don't carry the child for nine months. Yeah. So the foot-in-the-mouth award goes to <laughs> Paul Jones, uh, who had to think <laughs> twice about it. I was like, you had daughters, too. You didn't think about that? I mean, pretty much you're now pretty much Yeah, you basically person. said that your daughters are never going to be as successful as you. Nope. Wow, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Smart move, my friend. Smart move. <laughs> well, this time of year, yeah, I was going to say this time of year, speaking of uh, successful women as well as men, uh, brings to mind graduation. And there was an article, very interesting article this week, about uh, 
the seniors of South Medford High in Oregon. And of the school's 21 valedictorians, <laughs> each had different roles in the uh, 365-member class. And, you know, one was going to lead the flag salute, another was going to recite the history of the class, the third was going to introduce the keynote speaker. But all 20, the question was, you know, well, at this point, they're saying all 21 can enjoy a sweet piece of the ceremony if they choose. And at Enterprise High in Alabama, the fellow Victorians, all 34 of them, plucked names from a hat to gain coveted speaking slots during the commencement earlier this month. And at Bluffington High in Ohio, more than 10% of this year's 84-member senior class carried the title valedictorian. Now, as graduation season peaks, numerous high schools are rightfully praising their clusters of valedictorians, yet they're also forsaking a time and tradition in which just one elite student used to receive that honor, along with the lone ranking of being number one in the class. And in fact, at South Medford High, all of those 21 valedictorians can tell colleges that they're number one in their class. And according to an article, it says that this is where the new school pretty much is crushing the old school, and this is now where college administrators are saying that they're growing increasingly suspicious about the surge in applicants who boost the laurels of valedictorian and had it a class. And according to the Association for College Admission Counseling, National Association for College Admissions Counseling, they're saying that now the more ultra-selective universities have to be more critical and skeptical of class ranks than before. And so the question here is where do you cross the line? If a school has, you know, those extremely high-end numbers, then you would quickly assume that grading wasn't very rigorous or that perhaps uh, things are a little out of whack. And they were also giving more examples in this article where this trend is, seems to be growing. Um, of course, we said Ashland High has 10, North Medford has 10, South Medford 21. And so where does it kind of end? And... I read this article, and it brings back to mind something that we've talked about here before. And let me put it to you this way, too. When I read the uh, further on where how the parents did, she said, you know, all were kind of, you know, banded together, and they're all supportive of each other. But I don't know if I would be, especially knowing that if I did have the highest GPA out of everyone, and I did have all A's for four years, I think I'd be a little miffed if I would have to share valedictorian honors. But also, too, you think about it, are we coming to a point now that uh, what I call that having to reward this generation even if they don't do what they're supposed to do? I mean, I'm all for acknowledging they did well, but when you or I were going to school, it pretty much was survival of the fittest. Whoever was the best was the best. True. That's true. However, everybody that I – mean, if they all got 4.0s or whatever their grade point averages are anymore, um, they all got 4.0s or whatever the grade point averages are. I'm not going to argue with that. I will say that in my graduating class when I was in school, and this is – you know, years ago, um, <laughs> in 1995, um, we had four, was it four valedictorians and two salutatorians. And we thought that was the weirdest thing ever. They went through and did which classes they took, which they all took the same classes. So that didn't help. They went through attendance to see, to break it up, which actually knocked some of the valedictorians down to salutatorians. 
mm-hmm. on attendance. They went back into um, their GPAs coming out of middle school to try and, and knock people down. Wait, how do you count down. middle school kind of against what you did in high school? One. Yeah, this is this is what I'm saying. That would they went backwards even further just so they could get it down to okay, well this is the one. <laughs> and they yeah, still count on if you had an one. accident in kindergarten. <laughs> what are we going I know, right? <laughs> but this is the, they went back to seventh grade. I think they said that that's as far back as they could go. But they wanted to keep it like they wanted to get it down to one person, and they couldn't. So that's why we ended up with what we ended up with. I I um. <sighs> I feel like it's everybody gets a trophy kind of thing. Yeah. At this point, it's starting to become that way, and I'm glad that my daughter, who did end up with an award, and I'm not saying that this is, you know, this is why I like it. My daughter ended up with an award, but as part of the award ceremony, the teacher said, "Not everybody's going to get an award. Thank you. You have to earn it." Mm-hmm. And these people earned it, and Morgan got one, and I was proud of her. If she didn't get one, you didn't earn it. I'm sorry, yeah. and there were kids that were upset. They didn't get yeah. a little piece of paper from school for the end of the year. And they came up to me, and they're like, this is so bad. They didn't give me an award. I'm like, you didn't earn it. <laughs> Work harder next year, you'll get an award. Mm-hmm. I don't like the everybody wins statement. I don't Am like I that the- everybody gets a trophy or that everybody gets a ribbon or that all the way down to 15th place, you get something <laughs> out of 15, okay? I don't like it. There should I'm, be slight competition. I'm not saying make everybody, like, cutthroat, but there has to be some competition. Life is not everybody gets a ribbon. Yeah, and, and I bought this up with different people throughout the week, and I said, you know, I, and I know I'm going to be in a minority, and I know people are going to be miffed. But I'm like, I'm one of those people where there's a lot of things that I think that we've done in the last decade that pretty much have to go away with. I'm not all for, you know, when people have graduations for kindergartners. You didn't do anything yet. Congratulations. You, you give them a gold star. Give them, throw them a party. I, I, I'm not for this graduation stuff for kindergartens. And I'm not for for even middle schoolers. The only time I think that there should be a graduation ceremony should be for eighth grade because you're going from grammar school to high school, for high schoolers because you're going from high school to college, and for college. And anything beyond that college academia where you're getting a master's or a doctorate, that's the only time there should be a graduation. But you're right. We have become a society in which we've given awards to everybody, even if they really didn't earn it, and we all know they didn't earn it. And I think it kind of jades us a little because by the time you get to the real world and they're not giving you an award just for, you know, um, just because, then you're wondering what the heck happened. I think the school's kind of, yeah, I I don't know. Now, if all 21 earned it, then God bless them, all 21 earned it. But I have a feeling that somehow, some way, because I thought I read within that article, too, that they actually did have a top-tier student. Um, but they shared the honor with everybody else. I'm like, at that point, if I'm a top-tier student and I know everybody below me is not even close, I'd be a little miffed. Yeah, if I was taking honors classes and, you know, college prep classes and getting all A's and everybody else is getting all A's and taking just, you know, remedial classes, they're getting all A's in remedial classes? No. (laughs) 
No, that's <laughs> not the same. I, you are not valedictorian. No. If you're taking the same level, if all 21 are taking the same level classes and they all got straight A's and they all had the same attendance record, then by God, congratulations. I have yep. nothing wrong. I have I have nothing but respect for you for doing that if you earned it, if you earned it. And when you get out into the real world, you're going to know that you earned your place. Yep. If you do that, everybody has a, an award. When you get out into the real world and somebody doesn't give you an attaboy and you think you've done something wrong, that doesn't – it's not the right message. And there's yeah. going to be somebody somewhere, some school, some job that's going to be like, sorry, it sucks to be you. This is life. And you're going to have to learn that lesson in a different way. And I don't think it's right. You should teach them young so that they know to do what they need to do. Otherwise, they just give up. Yeah. And we become well, lazy. Is, yeah. And since this is that time of the year where graduations and everything is going on and proms and – all that other good stuff. That is the focus this week of our uh, fair or foul. I have three quick stories. We'll get three quick. I have a feeling I think I know where you're going to go on these, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to be shocked. But um, fair or foul this week, we've got three quick stories all having to do with the uh, wonderful world of uh, school and students. First fair or foul story comes this week about a group of students, uh, 100 high school students who were traveling from New York to Atlanta, they were thrown off an air tran flight along with their chaperones after the pilot and crew lost patience with some kids who wouldn't sit down and put away their cell phones. Now, seniors from Yeshiva of Flatbush in Brooklyn were on a flight at about 6 a.m. Monday at LaGuardia Airport. Air Trans' parent company, Southwest Airlines, sent a statement that flight attendants asked passengers several times to take their seats and put their mobile devices away. Now, the airline said that when some didn't comply, the captain repeated the request, when that didn't work either, the whole group of students was ordered to disembark for safety reasons, the airline said. The flight was delayed for 45 minutes while the students uh, filed out of the Boeing 737, which seats about 137 people, leaving the plane mostly empty. Um, as of earlier this week, um, the administrators were still looking into the disagreement, um, but they said in a statement that preliminary, it does not appear that the action taken by the flight crew was justified. Now, asked whether he thought the 100 passengers were uh, too many to keep in order on a flight, they said the school has taken similarly uh, sized groups before without any problems. Now, Southwest Airlines offered vouchers to future air travel to faculty and students who were on the plane, but fair or foul for Southwest kicking these students off? Bravo. I'd be one of those other passengers that was cheering as they were leaving. Now, granted, I don't know if they should have kicked everybody off, they should have just kicked the offenders off, but I don't know how many offenders there were. Yeah. So, you know, think think like, what was that movie where you die, where the death tries to find you? Eh, I have no um, idea. Final Destination. I don't know either. I can, see the, I can see the cover, but whatever. It was about a bunch of kids that were on a plane, and they were supposed to be going to Paris, and a mm-hmm. small group of kids caused problems. They kicked just a small group of kids off, and then, like, one of the chaperones, then the plane blew up, but that was beside yeah. the point. They could have kicked off, like, the small group of kids and a chaperone that were causing the issue with the flight instead of the entire group. But if they had to do the entire group, great. Bravo. Sit down, put your seatbelt on, and damn it, shut off the phone. You're going to be fine. You will live, I promise. Yeah, I I think it's agree. The phone will still be there when you get off the plane. Yeah, it's totally fair. Just sit down. You'll turn it on at a certain point within the flight anyway, so... Sit down. It's fair. Turn them, kick them off. They'll, they'll Next, sneak it on before the flight's already done. Come on now. 
Pretty much. Our next fair file comes from a Washington teen who says she was humiliated on her prom night and was ruined after she was turned away because school officials objected to her cleavage. Now her parents are seeking a public apology. Brittany Mindler, who's a senior at Central Kitsap High School in Silverdale, Washington, traveled all the way to Canada in search of the perfect prom dress, returning with a purple strapless dress that she says fell in, that she fell in love with. But upon arriving at her senior prom last Saturday, however, she was turned away by school officials because the dress apparently revealed too much cleavage. She said in her opinion she felt that it's because she's bigger chested and there's no, more cleavage than you can see, and there's nothing that she can do about it. Um, now, they did give her a shawl to wear, and she actually eventually went in, but she says that she left after a while because uh, of the embarrassment of initially being turned away, and the school didn't address the parents' request for an apology. Parents are still seeking one. You saw the story, fair or foul, that she was denied entry. Uh, she should have been let in. I, have you seen the dress? Have you yeah, seen I saw the, the dress. Burn the dress? Yeah, and I actually think it's kind of foul. I was like, you know, you can't really hide that. <laughs> right. I mean, she she is not a like large, she, she does have a large rack. I have a large rack. It's hard to find nice dresses that fit you. And mm-hmm. she found one that was not, and I'm sorry, it was not that bad. Was it great no. for prom? Maybe not. But it wasn't that bad. I've seen lots worse. I'm in no. Vegas. Okay. I always see lots worse. <laughs> She did no, not look I, that horrible. She should not have been turned away. Instead, she should have been offered the shawl and then had yeah. her parents contacted, not turned yeah. away, and then, oh, well, we can give you this. But I'm figuring you at know, that point, why did she leave? Here. But she was let in, but why did she leave anyway? I, I, don't, I don't know. But Well, if you're turned away originally, it's not like anybody's going to not notice. It's your prom. Yeah. These are the people that you spent four years with. Yeah. I'm pretty sure They're she had know. good class. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she had good classmates. They weren't going to. I'm sure the boys were all over it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Um, We've got about three and a half minutes. I'm going to try and get this last story really quick. But there was a student in a class in Calgary who actually got in trouble. And I'm going to go real real quick. But uh, uh, long story short, he saw a fellow student being put in a headlock, and then he heard the flicker of a knife and he pretty much pushed the knife willing bully away from his classmate. But school officials accused him of trying to be a hero, and he's now being reprimanded uh, for trying to help out a fellow student. Fair or foul that uh, this hero is being reprimanded? Foul. I'm not going to even go into the explanation. He should not have yeah. been reprimanded. No. No, which is ridiculous in itself. But, um mm-hmm. Yeah, shame on that school for. I mean, I know there's quote steps that you have to take, but in the moment of an eye like that, and heaven forbid that any school has to go through any scary situation like that, you know. Hello, anti-bullying. Isn't everybody on board for that? Yeah, it, it's just it's silly, and it was the it's... silliest thing I think I've ever heard. But um, we'll leave it on that note. And with about two and a half minutes left here. Um, I would like to let our audience know that uh, we will be off the air here next week. We will return on Friday, June 21st, because next week we're having our annual uh, co-host bonding. (laughs) (laughs) It is about the right time, isn't it? Yeah, it is that time of year. So um, it... uh, that will be uh, sometime that Mary will be here in Chicago, and um, so I will be seeing her next week, but we won't be on the air, and we will be back uh, two weeks from today. Uh, any shout-outs before we go here? 
Uh, I actually have one. Um, Josh, he's living in Rockford. He gave me a bunch of good news this week. Um, a lot of good things happened in, in a row, which anytime somebody has a lot of good things happen, I think they should be congratulated in a little bit of way. So, mm-hmm. especially when things go bad for other people. Mm-hmm. Celebration. Woohoo! Good job, Josh. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo. Um, I would say probably I do have a shout out this week for someone very special who uh, was uh, actually hospitalized this week, but they are feeling better, and I'm glad that they are, and I hope that they are on the road to recovery. And um, like I said, we are off next week, but join me this upcoming Sunday, six o'clock Eastern, five p.m. Central, four to four one one lounge with Fair Abraham. And special thanks uh, also for all of you who uh, listened in last week uh, when we were off, but we were actually here, uh, the 411 Lounge with Victoria James. Uh, very interesting. And actually, I was like the first person to talk to her about uh, her attending her student's graduation ceremony. So, um, but uh, special thanks to her. Um, and like I said, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And Thank you all so much for listening. Catch me on Twitter, News Comment BTR. Mary's over at Lou Eyes Mama. And until next we meet, I am LeVar and for Mary. Thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome week. We'll see you on the 21st. Peace.